Welcome, I'm Jamie Rickard. And I'm Tracy Sullivan, and we're the career coaches of Fisher. So Tracy, we are talking about full-time job search today, which our last episode focused mainly on internships. So we're going to pivot a little bit and talk about maybe for seniors or graduate school candidates, what the full-time job search might entail and how we can best prepare students to embark on that journey. Yes. I'm actually going to throw alumni in there as well. Yeah, for um, sure. If you're out there listening, because job search is the one thing that never stops. Right. You always have to be prepared. We were talking about layoffs with Amazon. Yeah, a lot of tech firms. Google, and a lot of people are never prepared when it happens. So when you're looking at job search versus internship search, one of the things with internships is we talked about how that was like trying on a job, so to speak. Right. It's a limited period of time, whereas with the job search, you're looking for something more permanent. So you also have to be more intentional in your search process before you just take any job. It's not necessarily a lifelong commitment. It's definitely not a lifelong commitment um, anymore, but you do have to be prepared when you accept a job to at least commit for a year. Yeah, I think that's probably a a wise decision just because you really don't get a sense of where you're working and what your capabilities are within that position until you give it a little bit more time. Um, So I definitely think a year is probably best unless something really bad is happening. (laughs) Yeah, really bad. I I think too, depending on the kind of person you are, like I don't adapt well to change, no matter what that change is. So the first three months of any job is me just adapting myself. Right, right, same. (laughs) Um, And then you're adapting to the roles, responsibilities, the culture, and all of that other stuff. So really, it's a year before you would even feel comfortable in a position, too. Right. But you also need to think about references and how things portray on your resume. Right. And, you know, I think a big question that comes up a lot of times, and I know lately I've been having this conversation with our graduating students, is that the when do I apply for a full-time job? You know, it's very different when you are working full-time for many years and you're looking yes. at new positions, you apply to something, the the expectation is you'd be able to start within, you know, two weeks, a month, or, you know, again, when you decide that you're going to leave. Whereas in college, you're not ready to work until you graduate. Mm-hmm. So right now, you know, you might have four months left till graduation. You might have six months left till graduation. And so the question usually is, do do I start now or do I wait? And I wish there was a really like uh, answer to this question that was across the board correct because not all of them operate that way. You know, that some is correct. Not some, all companies are created equal, right? Some of them tell students, hey, thanks for the application, you know, maybe in January, February for a May graduation date, but try to apply again in April, you know, Mm -hmm. a month before graduation. And then you have really large and maybe national or global companies who start recruiting, you know, maybe a year before you graduate and they'd be looking for full time at, you know, maybe back in September or in September if you're not graduating yet. And so being mindful that not everyone's process is the same and not everyone's timeline is going to look the same based on who the company or organization is. 
I like how you frame that because not only are not all companies and jobs created equal, not all job seekers are created equal. So if you're listening to this and you might know somebody who said I was already offered a job and you're starting to panic because you haven't even done your resume yet, don't. Right. There's time for everything. Now, I myself tend to err on the side of caution and Mm -hmm. would recommend that people start their job search now. Me too. Only because it really depends on how prepared you are to start your job search. And then, like we said, you want to really evaluate offers to make sure it's the right fit for you. So you might get offered a position and decide this is not the right fit, and it's okay to say no to a job offer. Right. So let's talk about some of the tools that you need. First and foremost, you should have a resume that ideally has been reviewed by someone in career services. But keep in mind that resume is not the only document you're going to be using when you're applying. You are not using the same exact resume for all jobs. So Right. And that's a hard thing, I think, for even, you know, beyond college to re- remember and recognize mm-hmm. you need a different resume for different types of positions. And even in the same industry, you might need to point out different things on your resume to highlight those things so that you stand out to that particular job. Because you don't know if it's applicant tracking software, you don't know what the person is reading your resume, what their mindset is. I think one of the biggest things that I hear from job seekers, and this was even more so when I worked with people who had attachments to the workforce, they would say, you know, I've applied to 500 positions. Mm -hmm. And I would think, and I would say, wow, like that's a lot. We really need to look at why you're not getting interviews. How are you applying? Well, I just clicked apply, apply, apply on Indeed. So same resume, just applying, you know, like sitting there clicking Right. And they think that the law of averages means the more I put out there, the more likely I'm going to get some good news back. And that's not actually what happens. No, with job search, it's quality over quantity. Absolutely. You're customizing and tailoring your resume to, like you mentioned, the industry, but also the position, looking at the keywords. A really fun activity, which I don't recommend purchasing, but a fun activity is using job scan because you can actually pop your resume in, pop a job in, and it will tell you how closely it matches in terms of keywords if it was going to go through applicant tracking software. Ooh, maybe we should tell people what ATS is because I don't know if everyone might know about that. Yes. Many, and I think it's a lot of larger companies Mm -hmm. who use this, but I have heard it in like federal government. So if there is like a government job you're looking at, they actually will run resumes through what they call the applicant tracking system to try to find these keywords on resumes and put you at the top of the pile if you have the right words and in basically the garbage if you don't, which is Mm -hmm. a little scary because, you know, we've heard stories about people who have all of the right experience for a position And because they did not use the right words on the resume that were in the job description, they are then put in that no pile immediately when they would have been a perfect fit for a role. And I know it's frustrating because we we want real human eyes looking at at our resumes, but it it doesn't always happen. Even with human eyes, you're looking at six to seven seconds and you have to show how you're a fit for the position. Right. So that's why analyzing that job posting and using the same language is critical. Right. So you have to be prepared with creating a different resume for each job. Which sounds so 
taxing, but as Tracy said, that's why we recommend starting early because if you do have to create multiple documents, you might as well start when you have the time versus waiting until the last minute and trying to make all of these things happen when you should be focusing on, you know, preparing for finals and or, you know, spending time with friends. Those are things that we want you to be able to have time to balance and not to have to worry about this so much at the end. Right. Another thing would be cover letter. So this is something that, again, is there is no absolute answer depending on who you talk to. I know anybody that asks me, I always encourage a cover letter. Mm -hmm. A cover letter, in my opinion, unless the posting says absolutely no cover letters. Otherwise, a cover letter is never going to hurt you. Unless it's poorly written. (laughs) (laughs) Good, yeah. (laughs) That is true. But then your resume is probably poorly written. Probably. (laughs) But if it's written appropriately, it can only enhance your application. And the way I kind of present it when I'm presenting in classes is everybody in here is going to be graduating in May with, let's say, a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. So how can you make yourself stand apart? How can you land the interview? Well, that's where the resume comes in because you can, or I'm sorry, the cover letter, because you can write it in first person. You can talk about why you're interested in the company, the position. Why are you the best fit? Right. And it helps close gaps too. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking at your you know, work history, even you know, campus jobs, part-time jobs, or internships, there might be pieces of those experiences that really do relate to the role, but might not be as overt. Uh, so the cover letter can really help with that. The other thing that can help with is, let's say you're trying to move into a different geographic region and you might have family located near that place. That's The cover letter is a perfect spot to talk about that, that you're relocating to the area because of you know family connections or other things. Because sometimes that also can come into play where an employer might not want to look at your resume because they think you know, you're not even remotely close to the area and that you don't have intentions or real intentions of moving to the region. And so the cover letter can help close that gap as well. Correct. Same thing with LinkedIn. Make sure your LinkedIn is updated and make sure it's updated with your headline and your about section being framed toward work search versus just being a student or being somebody that's looking for an internship. Yeah, that ready to work toggle, Yeah, open to work. Yeah. toggle that on, set up job alerts. So I know with internships, we talked about Handshake, but where are some other places that we can look for work? Yeah. So, you know, Indeed, you know, I know people have heard about that as sort of a general job board that, you know, most everyone is familiar with. I think it's the probably the most popular mm-hmm. outside of, you know, the collegiate space. You know, Handshake is still a great spot to find full-time positions mm-hmm. because many of those employers know that they're posting to a group of people who are probably not going to be available right away. Yes. So Handshake's still a good one. Indeed's a great one. LinkedIn Jobs, as we just mentioned, um, is a great one to be looking at because it also will show you if you have shared connections at an organization, which may make it easier for you to reach out to people before you apply, just to let them know or ask them about the company and what their experience has been like there, uh, which could help your application materials that we were just discussing. You could even Google positions, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, which sounds, you know, a little bit, you know, 
I guess, less obvious for some because they think, oh, I got to go right to this job board, but Google's great. And then believe it or not, a lot of industries have their own specialized job boards. Mm -hmm. So like if you're interested in a financial position, e-financial careers is a great one. Or if you are looking at nonprofit work, um, CCSI right. is a good one for the Western New York. Idealist, Idealist, is another yep, one. yep. Um, what is it? Dice for tech jobs. Yep. On Handshake, under the resources section, under job search, we actually have a whole Excel spreadsheet that breaks out specialized job boards by major. And I think industry too, right? Um, Industry, major, and then also staffing agencies. I mean, that's another thing we could probably do a whole other podcast on. But staffing agencies are a great option if you're really not sure what you want to do or you want to kind of try out a couple of different types of jobs. Yeah, and then just quickly about a staffing firm. I think a lot of people think... If I were to reach out to someone who or a recruiting firm, I have to pay for that. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have partnerships or close relationships with staffing firms, you know, locally in the Rochester area. And they want to interview you. They want to learn more about you and see if any of their clients, which would be the companies they're representing, you might be a good fit for. And so they're not charging you as a client. They're, they're charging their employer clients to find talent. Another thing to keep in mind with staffing agencies is I think you made a good point is their employer is the client. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will say, well, I sent my resume in and I never heard from them. Right. You have to reach out. Right. Um, They are not working for you to find you particularly a job. They are working their open jobs and you might potentially be a good fit. Yeah. So it's part of networking. It's part of keeping that relationship going. Right. And to kind of, you know, get a little bit more into that, one of the things I do want to mention is being really intentional with your job search plan. That's why I think with every post I put on LinkedIn, I do hashtag job search strategy. Yes. (laughs) Because it really is a strategy. And if you are just saying, well, I am not sure what I want to do. I'm open to anything. So if you are just saying, I'm open to anything, then you're not really searching for anything. Right. So you're not going to come across as, oh, this person's the perfect fit for this field. And that ties right back into the tailoring your documents. Right. You do not need to know necessarily right now what forever looks like. And I think even seniors or students who are graduating, or as you mentioned, alumni, you might have been doing something for a year or two and just realizing this is not my passion. This is not what I want to pursue. And I think even students who have majored in a specific discipline have realized, you know, I don't know if that's the right pathway for me. And that's okay too. We don't want anyone to panic. I mean, I think that's why it's so important to utilize resources like career services to walk through that. What are your interests? What are your personality traits that would make certain career fields a better choice or a better fit? And so I don't want anyone to get stressed thinking, okay, I got to start this job search now because to your point, you want to be intentional. You don't want to be applying to the abyss of jobs and not really have an understanding of why or what you're looking for. So that might be just a good reference point for students. Just make sure you take the time to, if you're really not sure, come see someone to talk about it. Absolutely. I think also is when you mentioned like the baseline, it's keep track of your job search. I remember, and this is, you know, going back when I started, you know, job searching, 
I was not keeping track, and I would get phone calls for interviews and not even remember applying to the company. Right. So I would kind of be going in not knowing what job I was even interviewing for mm-hmm. or trying to like go back and figure it out. Create an Excel spreadsheet, Word document, yep. a sheet, whatever works for you, but you want to keep track of the position you're applying to, the date, um, and any follow-up. Right. So, and then that way you can also work your network because 85% of jobs are found because of networking. And that doesn't mean you're not applying to the job. It means if Jamie tells me that Susie over here is a great person, I'm going to hire Susie because I don't want to waste my time interviewing (laughs) 10 Joeys. Right. And and they want a warm connection because of that. It, It requires less work, less digging, and if they know that the person has the qualifications, you know, that's an easy lift. <laughs> Absolutely. And then just remember, you have to apply a lot of times. So many times I talk to people and they're just like, I've been looking and looking and looking. And what I do when somebody's job searching and struggling is we want to look at what's not working, which is where the tracking comes in. Yep. And I'll say, how many jobs have you applied to? Two. Two is not enough for job search. Um, You want to be doing at least one quality application per day. So if you kind of look at a month, that's 20 applications. A month, uh, six to nine months to find a job, I mean, you're looking at 100 plus applications. Right, right. So when we evaluate what's working, what's not, are you getting interviews? Okay, so your resume and cover letter are working. Are you not getting past the first round of interviews? Maybe we need to work on interviewing skills. But you have to apply in order to give yourself the opportunity to get an interview. Right, right. That's basically what it comes down to. Right, and so just again to reiterate our services, you know, within CCAP, uh, we do provide review of all of these documents we talked about. We also go over interview prep. If your materials get you to the next step, we help you evaluate job offers or salary negotiations so that you understand your worth uh, within the market and how you can position yourself better. Uh, so we encourage you to take advantage of you know the help that we are able to provide uh, with all things job search. Definitely. All right. So I think now we're ready to talk about Job search fails. Yes, we don't have a fun game, but when we were kind of planning this topic, we were talking about things that we have encountered with our own job search Mm -hmm. or when we were in positions of doing hiring. You mentioned a good one already. The phone? phone, No, well, you mentioned the one about how um, you forgot who called you and you had no idea what position it was. Kind of going in blind and just hoping. Obviously, I didn't get that position. (laughs) The phone is my, I would say, number one pet peeve for Mm -hmm. a couple of reasons. One is, and this is from the perspective of being somebody reaching out to do phone screens, And I know a lot of people do not like the phone. They do not like to set up their voicemail or listen to their voicemail. But you have to have a voicemail so that when I call to schedule an interview, I know that I'm reaching the right place. Right. Um, And that's also kind of that first sign of professionalism. So am I calling and do you have, you know, house music playing in the background that I have to listen to for 
you know, 30 seconds, which feels like two minutes, and now I'm annoyed. <laughs> um, also, having your voicemail full or oh, not yeah. set up, now I can't leave a message, and believe me, I am not calling back. Yeah, I've heard that a lot mm-hmm. from employers. They'll say, you know, I tried to leave a message for this person, and they, you know, their inbox was full, so I couldn't leave anything. And again, that also just displays a lot of a lack of professionalism because if you can't delete your your, uh, voicemails, how are you going to be effective, you know, with email requests and inquiries when you start your job? And the other thing is, you know, a lot of times it's not just an HR person, it's somebody that has another job. So they're not going to say, oh, I wasn't able to leave a voicemail. So now let me go and email them. They're literally going on to the next person. Yeah. And then This is my number one phone pet peeve is when I call and I leave a message and five seconds later, I get a phone call that's like somebody from this number called. (laughs) Very accusatory too. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yep, listen to your voicemail. (laughs) And I'm pretty much done at that point too. (laughs) Right, right. We all know that we get phone calls in inconvenient times. Mm -hmm. And so to me, if you are in an active job search, just don't answer the phone until you are in a place where you can answer it respectfully, professionally. Yes. Um, Because that was probably one of my faux pas back in the day is that you know, you get these phone calls from numbers you don't recognize and you're in like a crowd or you're, you might be awaiting a different call and you answer kind of in a hello and not realizing, oh my gosh, this is something really important. So again, if you're in an active job search and you are getting phone calls from numbers you don't recognize, just wait if you can't answer it until you're in a place where you're in quiet and Mm -hmm. you can really talk about what needs to be talked about without sounding rude or that like they're annoying by calling you. And the benefit of that is they will leave a voicemail. And now you can prepare mentally to have that conversation because a lot of times they're going to ask you a couple of pre-screen questions. Yep. Oh, I had another one. Yeah. What is it? Okay. So this is something I did in college or actually right at the end of college. And I believe it happened a little bit after I started working full-time when I was applying to new jobs, the cover letter that we talked about, if it's poorly written, well, I'm guilty of that because I remember applying to positions and then going, oh my God, I did not take out the last company or organization name when I submitted that cover letter. I have a thousand percent on that too, (laughs) because you're rushing. So Um, I was rushing and then I'm ready to just die of embarrassment. Uh (laughs) Yep. Yep. I wonder why I didn't get a call from that company. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not preparing to take a pre-employment test. I had put Excel on my resume and then I went in and actually went to the interview after my plane was delayed so I was really working on like four hours of sleep and I could not remember how to do a table in Excel to save my life and the person was standing over me and then finally I was just like I can't I don't know. That's a very good point because I see this a lot with like foreign languages too or just maybe putting something on your resume that you you think you're okay at, mm-hmm. but then in reality, you say you speak Spanish, you go to the interview, and or even a pre-interview, and they mm-hmm. have you actually do like a language test, or to your point, an Excel test. Yes. 
and you're basically misrepresenting yourself at that point. So just being very, very careful Mm -hmm. about your honesty level of your proficiency. I mean, I did tell them that if in that situation, I would have YouTubed it and figured it out because I'm very self-motivated. However, I did not get the job or a second interview. Oh, no. Mm. Well, thankfully, we have you now. (laughs) (laughs) This one, I hear not so much now, but when I worked um, with an adult career center is people would only apply to one job at a time. Like, I really want this job and waiting and waiting and waiting. So a, a month would go by and kind of ending where we started in terms of time frame, filling a position, even though people might want to get it filled quickly, is at least like a month um, mm-hmm. when you factor in multiple interviews, yep. processing time. And then they kind of know somebody will have to give anywhere between two and four weeks notice. They also know when they're interviewing you, if they see on their resume expected May 2023. But really, when you look at that, we're already in March. Right. So Essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, these are all really good points. So avoid the faux pas, please. <laughs> All right. So this wraps up today's podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, And again, we want to hear from you. Uh, Ideas for future topics, questions, any feedback you have, feel free to email us at ccap at sjf.edu. Thanks for listening. We're the Career Coaches of Fisher here for your career.